Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Build Fighters. My name is Jeremy. I wish I was a genie boy. Genie boy. I'm Tyler. And my name is Zach. Today we are talking about Gundam Build Fighters. I don't remember how I do these recap episodes and didn't prepare properly, so hopefully we do a good job. We always do a good job. I'm not sure what Jeremy's talking about. No, I, I have some weird, like, what? how would the series have been different sort of questions that I don't think are quite as meaty as they were when we were talking about, like, Seed or Destiny, but I think still potentially conversation fodder. Yeah, I think a lot of the problem is I feel like we've gone over most of the possibilities this time, whereas I feel like there was more room in Seed and Destiny because there are more branch points. Yeah. They're also, like, because they're a longer series, they've got more time to play with. This one is very, very tightly done, and while... In our last episode of it, we did go over a lot of the stuff we wish they would have done. And I, I think part of the problem is also, like, as a plot structure, Build Fighters is just simpler than other Gundam series that we've watched. Like, what is the, like, complex moral or philosophical viewpoint that Build Fighters is trying to take? It's friendship is good, buy our t- playsets and toys, right? Uh, it, says, it says some interesting things about competition that you don't often see. It, it does. just didn't know exactly what it wanted to yeah. actually say about that. Yeah, it's also got mixed messages on it, right? Cheating is bad. What is cheating? This is fine, though. It, He's cheating. How? Don't mind control people into doing stuff they don't want to do. Strong moral stance this show takes. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they only really actually showed what you could argue of three, I'd say three instances of cheating, and they didn't really go into them. I was say codename C is definitely one of them, right? That's- I wasn't considering him. I was talking about like by direct competitors. Oh, because okay. like... Kirara damaging the build strike ahead of the game. Okay. Uh, then there was the, the and I, I was going to call it the enact system, but that's wrong. The so embody. The embody. Embody. <laughs> yeah, the embody system. That's my nine bathers uh, impression. I won't, won't get many chances to do it more, so let me try one more time. Embody. <laughs> nope. And nope. then went to villain with it. Then the same thing with when they used it on uh, Yuki at the end. And then obviously the inter- then you could argue the interference from the chairman. Yeah, that's where I actually think we should start. Is what do you guys think of the like Baker interfering with them plotline? Because I always not forget about it, but people are like, oh man, the series doesn't need that and it drags it down. And I kind of agree it doesn't need that. But in hindsight, I barely remember it's there. The thing is, in the episodes where it's relevant, it's really kind of bland because, like, the big one that I think you were talking about is in the race when yeah. Codename C pops up. Which is also, like, an episode I almost forget exists. Because it's one of the... Because f- it's a, basically a filler episode. It's not really relevant. Why would it be so bad for them to just lose this race? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of the... I think a lot of the reason that the Baker messing with them stuff gets lost is because a lot of it happens in episodes that don't have a whole lot of tension to them anyway and it's just like nah you have to play baseball now and like that's not a terribly memorable episode like that's probably the most memorable of the random bullshit episodes it's in that middle zone where i think you can just basically lift them out wholesale and spend time doing more interesting things like with the baseball episode the race episode basically the bullshit riot elimination contender episodes (laughs) like those don't need to be there you can do more interesting things there with that time and a lot of that is that's when baker is really screwing with them because like later on it's like oh yeah we're gonna get nils nielsen to fight them they're gonna do that anyway yeah and that's like arguably way more interesting like the the final bracket 
is a lot more interesting than all the like random like arena competition nonsense before then anyway. I think I agree with you guys, but just taking the series as it is, if you had to have those that race episode and that baseball episode, do you think they are more interesting because Baker interferes or would they be more interesting if she had not? I, I think it's a mixed bag. The baseball episode, I think, is more interesting because like it sets up that specific interaction. I think the race episode actually could have been way more interesting if they played it like a straight race somehow. And they lost? Or like there was some, like they pull out a neat trick for like going around corners faster or something. Like there's something interesting you could do there, right? Like if they had, uh, what's his name? The the old guy? Like if they're paired up with the old guy who doesn't appear until like episode 19, (laughs) if he was in that race as well, and you could still add in some kind of like minor bit of protection for Reiji and Say by giving them like have their uh, the build strikes like speed part fail and have to be fixed or something like or uh, the Mario Brothers whose actual names I forget uh, could like launch a bunch of missiles before like speeding up and then like they take advantage of debris on the road or like. There are interesting things you could do. There or drop landmines, because that's kind of their thing. But they were never in front, is the problem. Although it's a it, loop, Since it's right? a lap race, yeah, they could drop landmines and hit, say, um, and Reiji, because that's how they passed them. Yeah, it would be interesting if they tanked purposely to start, so that they knew the landmines would get, say, and Reiji, because they're who they're scared of. And then they started passing. But, like, to our point, we've been talking about those two episodes specifically in the random bullshit filler episodes. I don't remember any of the other ones. There's, like, the Battle Royale, I guess, where they first fight Luang. There's the Battle Royale that that basically ends with the big Zaku, which is fine. The Battle Royale idea is fine. It's a good way to introduce a bunch of characters at once. It introduces, like, team dynamics, which is interesting. Basically, who, who who is supporting who and whatnot. They also um, have that great bit with the German champ trying to get <laughs> the, the Fellini. Fellini revenge squad yeah. is, is pretty funny. But then the episodes after that, like Luong fighting them, then the uh, the race episode. I think there's one more in there because I think I feel like there's three or four of these random bullshit, not necessary episodes. But I can't remember if there was three or four of them. I think you're probably also thinking of the hot springs, which is kind of earlier. Oh, yeah, I did forget about that one. Yeah, I, it's not in that chunk. No, that's that's probably why I'm forgetting about it. And, you know, you can just lift Mao out wholesale because, God damn it, he's annoying. <laughs> I was going to argue with that. I think you could lift Mao out. I would not want to do that, but also I don't have a strong argument for why I would not want to do that. He's a good foil for Say, right? As another building character. They maybe don't do as much as with him as they could. Like, if you're cutting some from, from the cast, I think it is Mao. But I don't find him like Zach has a weird axe to grind well, against Mao where he really doesn't like him. Well, so here here's my here's my problem with with regards to Mao, because they kind of they set Yuki up as a straight theoretically a straight foil to Reiji. But at the same time, he is also better than say at building. So Yuki can actually fill the role of being both of these characters like nominal rival and foil. And he kind of does. Yes. Mao then exists. And doesn't really add anything of interest. Like, he doesn't bring anything to the table that we haven't already seen from Yuki besides another name. But I'd argue Fellini is the equivalent character to Mao, right? Yuki is their rival, whereas Fellini is Reiji's rival and Mao is Sei's rival slash friend. Fellini doesn't feel like it to me because he is largely, he, he largely plays more of a mentor role for Reiji. 
in a weird way because like but they do fight to a draw that one time so yeah i feel like he's a mentor when he's introduced but i feel like that very quickly stops being their relationship i mean i guess he still pretty much feels very mentory towards reiji through pretty much the entire series because like yes they fight to a draw but later on he is still more or less doing the mentor thing of getting reiji's head screwed on straight when he goes out to fight isla that's a good point and like I, I think Mao suffers from being the same age as say in that respect. So they have similar like growing up problems to be dealing with. Well, the thing is, I think I've said it a few times. Say is already weirdly mature. So it feels really extra weird for him to have this weird thing with Mao. I don't know. That reads really to me as like, oh, this guy is the same age as me and I know him. Thank God. Like maybe we're not super compatible and we wouldn't be best friends in another situation. But this is the guy most like me here. So now we're going to hang out. I mean, they do reinforce that that does really come through with regards to like the welcome party. Yeah, where it's him and Mal. And he's like, oh, thank God. Someone I know. Oh, I was going to ask what Reiji's doing during that party, and I forgot he's out having Meat Bun Chronicles. Yeah, he's he's, uh, chasing (laughs) Iowa. He's future wife. Yes, he is meeting his future wife. That's a great way to put it. I was going to save this for MVPs, but maybe we can transition into... We have someone asking us to compare this to Gundam Seed, which seems a bit apples to oranges to me in a lot of ways. But one way I think they're very similar is I think they both have excellent economy of character. Uh, More than even Gundam Double O, I think both series are better on that. And I think Gundam Double O is pretty good, too. They Uh. they do. They do drop the ball in a couple of places, but so do Seed and Double O. So... I, I will say, I think at the end of the day, Seed handles its, enor- like, frankly, enormous cast better, but... Well, that's, yeah, they, they do, but they also have 50 episodes to play with. Yeah, exactly. They, um, they worked with the uh, foil characters all the way through. Yeah, I'm also, I think, on this because Witch from Mercury is, like, starting to make certain characters who have just been there come to the front. And I'm like, oh, is this going to be the side for this series, or is he going to be important for this episode and then go back in his corner? <laughs> I need to get caught up on that. I I, uh, I keep saying that there is the most fetishistic scene in all of Gundam. No contest. If so, that's if you... that's a high bar. Uh, uh, <laughs> there is a lot of Gundam. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those things where I keep saying I need to get caught up, and then I'm like, but there's so many episodes now, and I just need to be in the mood to just watch this straight through. I mean, spoilers. I just started a new Gundam series. I don't know if I have time mm. for a second one. So. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think, say in Reiji, we talked about, they're perfect foils to each other, and I love their arc against each other. Fellini, I think, is really strong in the way he comes through. I even like Mao and Nils as weird foils for them that they get to push off of. I even like Mashida as a villain because of how, like, he is so hoisted by his own petard. Like, you're like, oh, if he didn't do anything, he would be fine. And that's why I like him as a villain so much, is his anxiety forces him to act in ways that, like, if he had just chilled, he would have been fine. <laughs> no, I I actually do really like Mashida as a villain. Even his weird relation with Baker Chan. I mean, that's just some straight up Team Rocket stuff, right? Yeah, and it really yes. works. But he works very well because of what you said. Like, he is this weird villain in this, e- effectively, this esports anime. And he is just every time shooting himself in the foot. Yeah, just I- like really sports villains. I, I think the reveal also that he's a somewhat incompetent thief from Reiji's world, like, it just, like, it all ties it all together. Like, of course he sucks at this. It's because he's actually just bad at everything he does, and he just got extremely lucky. Well, and being so paranoid <laughs> that Reiji, who we know is a very active person, so it would not overly surprise me 
if it had been publicized at one point that Reiji just straight up went and caught a thief in his world, and that's why he's so paranoid that Reiji's out to get him. So my question is if Mashita does nothing, like the tournament ends normally, right? Like there's no like weird overdrive thing with the crystal or is there still? Uh, my, my real question is, does Nils still go to space and discover Plavsky 2.0? Probably not, because at that point there's no reason to discover Plavsky 2.0. Well, except for to have a better competing product for his girlfriend's company. Okay, that's <laughs> that's fair. That is true. And they do have a horse in this race. It's Caroline's horse, specifically. <laughs> and I believe it is not his girlfriend. It's his fiance. You are correct. My mistake. <laughs> I forgot their relationship had advanced. <laughs> I love that little side side gag for Caroline. I When she first popped up, I legitimately thought it was a one-and-done situation. Like, she was going to be here to foil for China, and then just, like, okay, her part in the series is done. She's going to go off and be a side be, you know be a background character like she'll clearly have design she'll pop up in the fan and you know in the stands and be like yay whatever but no the fact that she kept coming back and just constantly part of nils's thing i i do also want to comment on how great her character design is especially compared like everyone else is wearing like basically street clothes and then there's caroline in it this like final fantasy ass outfit and it's so good <laughs> Like the joke where China trains against an orange mobile suit with drills yep. is so <laughs> like that's so subtle, but it's so good. As soon uh, as you pointed it out to us, I think both me and Tyler started started laughing. I think also like a lot of the like China heavy episodes are some of my favorites, if only because they have a lot of really subtle dumb jokes and like <laughs> like what is it, Kara? Uh, Caroline Chan Sama or something? Is that what he calls her? Is Car- yeah. Caro Chan San? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, also, Bear Guy Son um, is pretty good. The art scene at the very beginning, um, it, or at the uh, introduction of Caroline, also very good, uh, where she's just like admiring how good her painting is, and Sheena's like, oh, cool, I won. <laughs> which kind of, I think, dovetails into what my ultimate feeling for Gundam Build Fighters is, which, like early Simpsons, they just put so much more work into it than they had to, right? Most of the jokes work on multiple levels not just one. There's all sorts of background gags, some of which are just like, oh, there's Patrick Colasar in the back, but some of which are like v- legitimately very funny. Like most of the Gundam references, like Shard being like, because you're a spoiled brat, exactly like in the bar episode, like plays so well. And like the characters are so much better than they need to be. And all, the rest of the Gundam build series for the most part is what you would expect. So the fact that they went all out for this first one, I think is really makes it special. Yeah, I would I would definitely concur with you on that one because Rumble Rawl, like just being straight up Rumble Rawl here, and it's like they play it totally straight, but he makes a lot of the Rumble Rawl speeches, not not the full speeches, but like a lot of the attitudes and stuff like that, and it's just here's just Rumble Rawl. <laughs> yeah, he also lampshades it a little bit too because he de- I forget what he says, but he uh, he does the that's no Zaku boy except he like does a different noun in there. And then he laughs at his own joke. And that's like, oh, no, that's really good to me. <laughs> um, Ron is a great character in this. And, well, and I was not expecting him to be a recurring character. I thought he was like a bit gag. You thought he was, was going to be like the Colossar from Build Divers, where he just kind of is like spot Ron in this scene? Yeah, basically. Um, if, if he showed up again at all. I know I've said this joke before, but I was so hoping Andrew... Uh, Andrew Waltfelt would be the Build Fighters try Ron <laughs> That would have been perfect. I'm, I'm kind of sad they didn't. If nothing else, I want like an homage to him at some point where he's just like running a coffee shop. 
Although I guess he wouldn't run a coffee shop. No, Andrew Welfeld would totally run a coffee shop, but he'd always be out front just at a table drinking coffee. I was like, Dacosta's the one actually running the coffee (laughs) shop. I guess you're you're right. Andrew Welfeld would definitely own a coffee (laughs) shop. Yes. Dacosta (laughs) would run the coffee shop. I love DaCosta so much, and I don't know why. <laughs> because DaCosta is a great, like, tertiary character. He's always there. He's a secret agent at some point. He's got, uh, like, ten different skill sets. Like, that man has cross-classed, like, ten times. Which is why he's only level one in every class, and he sucks. But <laughs> he's got every skill. I mean, he is the skill monkey of the group. He can't code as well as Kira, but he can code better than Millie. <laughs> And probably better than Lacus. Can Lacus program? I think probably. I think that's like a secret talent of her. That just seems right to me. But at the same time, he can shoot better than Kira and Lacus. Yes. Well, who can't? <laughs> I'm just saying. And he I'm also pretty sure has, Rusty can shoot better than he Kira has, and Lacus. He's also got the disguise skill, which nobody does. else does. Except say Zed, but he's not in Gundam Seed. You said you had some questions you wanted to pose, Tyler. Um, my biggest one is, do we find the ending with Reiji and Isla? Like, is Reiji's backstory being he's like a kid from another world a the most satisfying way they could have done that? I, I want to clarify something with that. Are you talking about after the OVA or just at the end of the 24? More the concept, not necessarily like at the end of the series, but like. We had With so, him being isekai'd into this world, basically? Yeah, we had a lot of different theories on what he could be, and is the one that we ended up with the best one? I think it's fine, because it ties into so many of the little things like Mashita's background, the joke where he says where he's from, he's totally serious, and nobody believes him is great. Which is pretty good, because it happens multiple times. No, I, I guess my problem is that I was just really into my he's a Plavsky boy, Theory, and I think there are ways you could have tied that together as but, well. But, like, you're not that wrong, right? Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, and I think at the end of the day, they end up, like, narratively, they are basically the same thing. Um, it, and narratively, I really like that it has to end with Say's best friend having to leave in that persona metaphor. And I think Isla showing up and be like, no, I made a wish, you idiot, is just tone perfect. I'm actually really disappointed by the OVA because it's, like... Just kind of fan service, but not even particularly good fan service. I do like that Say and Reiji get to fight, but I wish that was the entire story. I mean, honestly, I, I feel like if I wanted just straight up fan service from that OVA, what I'd much rather have is like Say and Reiji manage to cross over like 10 years later and meet up. Yeah, that could work. That is what I think I would actually want is like they have started act like they've actually got families and they've all come back together. And it's like, hey. Remember me? And yeah. Rachel's like, my, my daughter has a name now. She didn't try OVA. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's the kind of fan service that I would want to see. But I also am a person who really likes to see if where are these characters 10 years from now? Like, that's kind of what I like to series to show me if you're going to show me a after series thing. I just wanted Reggie and Isla to go on a whirlwind tour of Arian and just like, here are all the sites. They do some sweet ninja stuff. Um... They steal food from each other. Uh, it sounds like a great time. They arrest Mashida. Or Mashida's brother, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, that was the... Like, the OVA wasn't good. That was the dumbest plot point in that you, movie. You did not need to tie that guy together with Mashida. There was no reason for that. Well, they could be tied together by virtue of being, you know, working together. They didn't need to be brothers. Anything else you wanted to ask, Tyler? 
Uh, we kind of already touched on it with like the the more fillery episodes, and I'm I'm wondering what would be more interesting content to put there. Like, and I, I'm having a hard time coming up with something that doesn't involve introducing more characters. The thing is, you don't actually need necessarily need to introduce more characters because you could introduce the old guy that we see in episode like nineteen previously to episode 19 and make him anything and actually now that i think about it making kawagachi the second might have actually been good to expand upon talk about who he was as a person with regards to that because that actually helps the the uh mario brothers and it also puts more into perspective for that fight with the julian julian is his name i was going to say that's the last thing i want to touch on i think we went over the majin kawagachi the second relationship to the third and the random jobbers Yuki ends up facing well enough in our series, but I do think we should touch on it in our wrap up because that is the biggest weakness, right? Is I think from behind the scenes, I think they wrote a pretty compelling and interesting arc for Yuki and they forgot to put it in the show. (laughs) And and that's overly harsh, but there's, there's not a lot of focus on Yuki and he's kind of in theory supposed to be like the deuteragonist because it's like, Hey, here's this one episode focused on Yuki when he faces off against the Mario brothers. Ten episodes from now, he's going to fight against some Yahoo you haven't heard of. Because it's two episodes from then, <laughs> it, it felt it feels much longer when Julian shows up. I think what it is is that Yuki is just the rival for most of the series, and then suddenly, once we get to the bracket, now he's the deuterogonist. I think that's what the real issue is. I could have sworn it was much. There was much more time in between. It was almost immediately because then uh, there's the Isla fight. I, I think it's actually three episodes because Isla's fight is a two-parter. No, I, well, I guess if you count Isla fighting uh, Fellini and then Isla fighting them. Yeah. Yeah. Because don't they fight Nils, Isla, and Fellini? Or no, they don't fight Fellini. It is I, three episodes. Tyler's right. Because they fight Nils and then they see Isla fight Fellini and then they fight Fellini. But I think we, like I said, covered that more than enough in our episodes. That's probably the greatest weakness to Gundam build fighters to me. And you just kind of forget it the more in the rear view it becomes. You just forget Julian was ever there. Yeah, because, like, he could have been an interesting thing if he was just always there in the background instead of just popping up and you're like, who the hell are you? Yeah, even the Mario Brothers at least get to win that race. And they also have long job for them. Well, so and they're pretty well set up. Well, they're established from the start because you also see them in the Battle Royale. Yeah. Like, they're not doing anything or dealing with any jobbers, but they're like, yeah, we're not going to deal with whatever that is. Yeah, their characters are on screen for long enough to be like, hey, remember these guys. Yeah, and they do that periodically through that starting point. So with them there, it's like, okay, I know who you are. I may not necessarily know your deal, but I know you're here. Whereas the old guy who later turns into Julian is just like, I'm this random dude who showed up out of nowhere and you're I, like, why am I supposed to care? I would have actually loved if they had made him a huge, like, seem like a huge menace. And then he fakes his heart attack to get Julian any, anyway. Um, actually, it would have been really cool. Well, but... it would have been really cool if they showed, like, in, at least in the opening when they're doing, like, not, not the opening, uh, the, uh, the party, you know, for all the, all the competitors. Yeah, he could have at least and, been there. Like, say, talking to Mal and be like, oh, that's this guy, and that's this guy. Because they do it for Luang Dalala and Fellini, but, you know, those two guys are also big deals. But it's like, you know, that's this champion, that's this champion. Oh, that's the oldest guy. Like, he's amazing. Maybe have him be the guy who beat Fellini in the last tournament, and he only lost to the mighty Carlos Kaiser. Yeah, like, that kind of thing would be good. You know, establish this guy previously instead of just, okay, he's just here now. Well, I, th- I think that ties into, as Jeremy somewhat facetiously said, like them forgetting to write Yuki's plot into the show. 
Which is weird because, like, I feel like they had plenty of time, and then they didn't. So... <laughs> The one thing that I wanted a little bit more of a capstone on was the Say and Sheena relationship. I wanted that to be acknowledged a little bit, at least in the OVA or something. I understand wanting that. Will it make you feel better if they're canonically together in Try? And Say, I... say is all unfortunately like his dad, off in Europe or something. But... <laughs> I mean, I guess. Um, no, I wanted them to, like... I don't know, maybe go on one actual date in the show. That or something. almost seems like too much to me, though, given how understated their relationship is. I know. Is. Um, that's why I said, like, that's the kind of thing I would like to see in, like, a OVA 10 years later situation where they get, you know, they, they meet up with people again because then you can easily show the, this relationship and it, you don't have to go into all the nitty gritty, especially for these two characters who are in this particular portion very shy. Yeah, you show their daughter, Chie, who is a member of the Persona 4 team for some reason. <laughs> this, I, I wanted something out of that. I'm not sure what, and I, it didn't have to be a whole lot, um, but it's a pretty minor nitpick, all things considered. Hey all, Tyler here, just popping in really quick. Uh, we're going to get to listener questions right after this mid-spot. Thank you all so much for listening to our wrap-up episode and Gundam Build Fighters with us. Uh, honestly, it was a blast. Uh, we loved it. Um, the last month or so, also, we've recorded some of what have been my favorite Patreon bonus episodes. So if you want to get in on that, coming up soon, we make Jeremy rank, I think, 50-ish very randomly chosen Batman villains and put them on a tier list. Um, that was a ton of fun. I, I uh, have... I have a stupid tear maker thing that I'll post whenever that goes up. Fun stuff happening this summer, and I'm super excited for the series that we're doing next. So I hope you all are as well uh, whenever we get around to announcing that later in this episode. Um, we've already recorded the first couple episodes as of the time of this recording, and I am, oh no, I'm just so excited for this absolute train wreck of a show, um, if that gives you any hint as to what it is. Yeah, I think that's all I've got for now. Again, thank you all so much for listening. Um, please do join our Discord and hang out with some cool nerds if you would like. Recently, there has been so much discussion about the new Warhammer rule set coming out. It's a lot. I've been getting back into magic recently, so that might so, something in that effect might happen. So let's get back to the episode and take some listener questions. It should be a good time. Um, I had a lot of fun answering these. Okay, bye. <laughs> Shall we take some questions? Let's do. All right. We have questions on our Discord. If you want to ask questions in like, I don't know, 30 weeks when we do this again, join our Discord. Uh, you can hear Zach complain about Blood Angels. And by that, I mean you can mute our hobbies channel. <laughs> <laughs> our first question is from Squid. Favorite recolored background Gumpla? I honestly can't think of mo most of them. I really like the gym squad in the OVA. Does that count? Um, because there are a lot of really cool gyms in that. I feel like mine also doesn't count because it's the freedom with the uh, endless waltz wings from Gundam Build Divers. Yeah, like I said, I, I honestly cannot think of most of the recolored background gunpla that are in these series. Because even then, most at least in this one, that most of the ones they show that are in the background aren't recolored. They're just straight up references to other things. Yeah, they're just a straight up thing. And it wasn't until the like almost the last quarter of the show that they started really playing around with designs a lot. Like, if we're counting foreground things, I love the Fenice. Um, I think that thing's rad. Uh, Squid also, 
says, might be fun to go around the table and ask everyone when they realized Reggie was telling the truth about his backstory. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I always assumed it because of the teleport thing in the beginning. Like, I can see a kid getting surprised from it, but I feel like an adult with media literacy should kind of... When he teleports away in front of Say is when I was pretty well like, yeah, he's not lying about that. But the first episode where he, like, there's always the, the doors open and all that really opens up the question of whether or not he's just yanking Say's chain on that. So, like, but as soon as he just teleports away right in front of him, like, oh, yeah, no, he's definitely telling the truth. Did he actually give his backstory by that point? Uh, no, Say, Say specifically asks him about it, and basically he he tells him what his backstory is and then teleports away. We don't see him teleport before the backstory. But okay, but it's like when that happens. Yeah. Um, I don't think I got it until much later um, when he was explaining it. I, I think when he was in the hotel room and all the women laughed at him, um, I think is when I was like, oh, dang, I wanted him to be a Plavsky boy. Um, <laughs> and, and then later say was like, okay, so what is really your deal? Yep. Uh, not about asks, what was your favorite episode and why was it Gumpla Eve? Uh, Tyler, <laughs> you really don't like Gumpla I'm Eve. I'm not right? a huge fan of it, no. And I really do. And I feel like Zach is like right in the middle. And he thinks I actually, I, I quite like Gunpla Eve. I like the references and all that in it. But uh, it, it wasn't my favorite episode. I think my favorite episode is the fight with Isla. Mine too. Yeah, just to uh, entertain his question a minute first. I do think the fan service in Gumpla Eve is super good. And I think like the bit with the music building over the montage with Say and Reiji fighting is really, really strong. And I would have said second favorite episode before this rewatch. I'm 100% with Zach. That Isla episode is incredible. It's one of the best like episodes of television, in my opinion, I mean, or of anime. For me, it's probably Gunplay Eve is probably number three. Yeah, I would say number three as well, with number two being the I Zaku it, Amazing fight. I believe that's episode six. Yeah. Yep. But yes, that is that is my number two. The only reason why the amazingly animated Zaku Amazing fight, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. The Zaku Incredible <laughs> fight. Um. Um, is because there isn't as much in the way of like, there's not as much gags and it's not as like emotionally resonant. Yeah, the stakes are weirdly low. Like the stakes are, man, I want to fight this cool guy, right? The, and the stakes like, are literally for both sides. I just want to win. It doesn't matter what I win. And I would say it's competing for third with the Fellini fight as well. Yes. Yeah, the Fellini is, fight's great. That is definitely, I would definitely agree with that. I do, all, like, I like all the stupid tricks that they use while going down the canyon and, like, doing some 08th MS team nonsense. Wrapping the beam cape around the fist for a it's boxing so glove. Good. Great. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I think I agree with Zach. Mine's Among the Glittering Particles. Is that the name yeah, of that episode? I, yeah, that's yep. that one. I just, I can't remember most episode names. I can't remember the num the numbers of them either. I think I think it's twenty one. Is uh, is the Isla fight? It is. All right, Savage Cyanide asks first. Any mobile suits you didn't add to the list that you would like to? That's a thing we usually do in these wrap ups. Although I don't know if there are any. I feel like I proposed all of them, and there are there any that you guys realize? Oh no, we never added that. Well, first off, I'd like to say it's Savage Sindane. Oh, is it? <laughs> well, I can't read. I think the problem is the last few mobile suits that we could have added. I'm just like they're just because like some of them very are, meh. <laughs> the one like we didn't add are like the build burning from the OVA, the uh, the build strike cosmos, but they don't we don't see them really do anything. And, and then I, there's a lot of other like minor ones like the the Exia amazing non or non red version that doesn't really do anything because there's like. Hey, look, here it is. But then he's mind controlled and they paint it black. 
So, like, there's nothing I feel strongly about, but I think, uh, like, if people are listening to this episode and they're like, man, I really wish you had ranked this, um, I'd be willing to do, like, a, a side spot in one of our future episodes where we address some of those. And I also p- said that directly to him and no, nothing came up, so I don't think people are asking for anything specific. Which mobile suit didn't get the time you expected or wanted? Honestly, the uh, camphor I would have liked to see more of. Yeah, I think that's the one that we were all like, oh, man, we wish yeah. that was in the final. The, the camp for Amazing would have been my choice, because the Zaku Amazing definitely gets the, the showing that I'd like. Weirdly, I feel like the build mark, too. Also, I would have liked to see a little bit more. It's, it's got that, like, kind of chunkier style, and I wish it had been on screen a little bit longer, but... I feel less strongly about the build mark, too. Mostly, I think it's, like, it's just the right amount of time that you want to see it a little bit more. And I think like another major feature would have been too much. I mean, you're, you're you might be right, but if that is the case, then they did a perfect job because I kind of want to see it a little bit more. This is not like okay. So the Cubile is is that Isla suit Cubile uh, the Cubile and Papillon. Yeah, got I think plenty of screen time. What I wanted from it is more Isla kicking ass without funnels because she does that in a gym in the very beginning of the show, and like I wanted them to showcase her like actual piloting ability a little bit more. I mean, they do it with Fellini and a little bit with Reiji, right? A but, little bit. But you would have liked more? I would have liked to see her just, like, go, like, bare knuckles with someone that isn't just Reiji, who we know is going to win because it's Reiji. And bare knuckles are kind of his thing. Yep. Uh, Hadrian asks, What mobile suits would you like to have seen get some custom attention, as in main or grunt suits from any series, that you think just need one little thing to be interesting? By that definition, the heavy arms. I really wanted to see a sniper heavy arms mod. Oh, that'd be rad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Uh, I love the heavy arms, but Jeremy's saying sniper heavy arms, and I'm just like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. I I bought a launcher strike, a gym sniper, and a heavy arms with the intent to kit bash them, and then ended up reselling them. Um, One that they had in this series that I'm sad that they didn't play around with a little bit more, and like it has sparked the idea of me wanting it now, is the Dynamis. Which is already, like, a really good suit. Like, I, I have very few complaints about it. Although I, I will say, at least, th- this is kind of a side a side tangent to what he's already asking. I would have liked to see more Miss Zabi. Or, you know, any Miss Zabi. I'd also really like... The Raziel from Unicorn is one of my favorite grunt suits, so I'd love to see that. But that actually, because it's a similar suit, makes me want makes me more want to see what Nils Nielsen would do with a Marasame from Destiny. Yeah. Like, really stretch that katana pun. Well, especially because it's a transforming suit too, right? Yeah. Like, and I, I, I think that could be interesting. The the last one, mostly because it's like a weird favorite of mine that also appears in this episode or in this show, and they did a crap job actually adding anything custom to is a Zeon. Ooh, they gave it tentacles. Come oh, on, guys, they try. Gave, they finished it. Yeah, it, <laughs> it has no no legs. <laughs> Any others you can think of, Zach or? Uh weirdly i would actually because of how bad of a rap it gets i'd actually like to see them make like use the leo as a base for something and see what they could do for that like i think that actually might be kind of cool or take like a virgo or something from gundam wing if it's a leo design that doesn't suck zach is it a leo anymore i think it becomes a zaku i think it's on that day Uh, oh no, I tried to make the Leo good and I accidentally just made a Zaku. <laughs> uh, another one that I think could just use a couple small tweaks because like I already think it's a really cool design is an Ack guy. Oh um, yeah, I can see that. I mean the bear guy, that's what it is. Yeah, right? a bear bear guy is basically just upgraded Ack guy, I think you're right. Not about also asks, 
best boy question mark best girl question mark uh, mm. it's Reggie and Isla for me no, uh, uh, it's say and Isla obviously not together <laughs> um, they should have six feet of Chena between them at all times <laughs> this is tough I think I have to go the great with, wall of Chena sorry I, think I might have to agree with Jeremy I think it's say and Isla I just love how much of a dumbass Reggie is um, is my defense of him so. <laughs> I love Reggie that's why it's such a hard it's a hard thing. I love all four of our primary like relationship characters. You know, Isla, Say, Reiji, and Gina. Like, I love all four of them. Runner up for me, uh, like obviously Say is a uh, primary runner up, but runner runner up is actually Fellini because like I love how he's a somewhat incompetent philanderer, and that's hilarious. Oh, if if to we me. just qualify our main four, then it's probably Fellini and Rinko for me. Oh yeah, Rinko's up there for sure. Formerly Scarfman asks, are there any Gundam series you wish were represented in the show? Uh, maybe Unicorn, but like not super strong. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I feel like all the series that I would have wanted got some representation. I feel like I would have actually liked to see a bit more representation out of like turn A. Yeah, I could see that. There's barely anything, right? Yeah, there's the the turn X has one minor appearance and the, and sumo. the sumo has a minor appearance. I would have liked more non-Gundam nods. Like, we have uh, Wong Duala's thing is clearly an homage to Dunbine. It would have been cool if there was, like, Purple Unicorn Gundam that was clearly an Eva Unit 1. Oh, yeah. That would play really well, too. That would have been great. Some stuff like that. Also, if Rumble Roll can be a character, why not Patrick Collisar? Look, I love our boy Patrick Collisar as much as anybody else does. But uh, that's just bringing up really bad PTSD from Build Divers. He's canonically in this show. He just took Mannequin's last name, so... Also, Ron Barol has a coach role. Patrick Collisar would just be an NPC to be rescued, and th- this show doesn't need that. <laughs> Although, it, okay... Squid actually points out later exactly what you were saying about... Uh, yeah, we. I think we commented on it in the episode. I think even, we did, too. Uh, because he's on the board as Patrick Mannequin. I would say that one of the uh, dumb, like, arena episodes, if it was just Rescue Patrick Colossar, uh, would be hilarious. Gawain512 asks, what was your overall favorite mobile suit design in Build Fighters? Oh. This is tough. I think, you know, honestly, the more I think about this, the more I think it has to be, for me, the Gundam Finiche. I think it's actually the uh, Wing Zero Finiche, whose name I forget. Um, we don't get to see it do a whole lot, but I think that's probably my favorite. Strong contender, though, is the Camphor. Uh, uh, canonically, the Camphor is our answer as a podcast, as we ranked it number nine. I'm trying to think if I agree with that or if there's one I like more. Because like, I like the Wing Finiche, but I don't love it. I like the Build Strike, but I don't love it. Like That's my... That's the one thing I think the build series actually improved on as it went on, was the mobile suit designs get better. Oh, yeah. Well, they got more and more daring as the series went on. They like they, they decided they could actually you know, do more with the idea. Well, like none of us are a huge fan of build divers, but like, man, the suit designs in that are pretty dang good. Um, I can't knock them on that. Except for the Blandies, uh, except for the Blanca Woods. I, I think we were even rated the Double O Sky higher than the Double O. I so. don't like the, I don't. But it has shoulder blades. <laughs> I know it has shoulder blades. I know it has shoulder blades. What I'll say in defense of my opinion that I think I like the uh, Wing Zero custom Finiche better, or maybe not better, is my favorite. I think the Camphor is a better design. Uh, the, like the Camphor Amazing rocks, but my favorite, li- like, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense to me. I'm trying to think if there's one I like more than the Camphor. Like, I keep thinking of ones from later series, so I guess not. The reason I guess I'm saying that uh, now that I have had some time to put my thoughts together is most improved 
is is the reason why I like the Phoenicia. Zianj2000 asks, what mobile suits do you think would benefit or improve if given a build version? We kind of already asked this. Like I said, the heavy arms is one I always have felt like is missing stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think of what other mobile suits are missing things. The Calamity kind of has a, like, a, it's got a weird pseudo thing with the sword Calamity. Yeah, I was wondering if that was what you were going to bring up. Like, the Death Scythe, maybe? But the Death Scythe held custom from Endless Waltz already pretty good. Yeah, optimal Death Scythe, in my opinion. Uh, I don't I think, if I remember right, that one's missing. I was actually going to say the Sandrock. Sandrock, that one does. I think, isn't the Hell Custom missing the cloak? Like, it's got the big Batwing cloak that looks, I think, way better than the, like, chunky cloak the one in the actual show got. Formerly Scarfman asks, what if they made a Build Fighter series where the protag was a working adult with, you know, real problems, which Squid points out is so Larry? (laughs) Larry is great. I love Larry from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. He he is one of the uh, the gym leaders. I have to agree with Gwen 512 on this. It's the wrong audience, right? We're not the audience for Gundam Build Fighters. Gundam Build Fighters is a show aimed at young people to get them into the hobby. Uh, like, which for Mercury is aimed at older teenagers and people who might enjoy that. Uh, but even it's built at teenagers and you have adults saying all sorts of Mulaklava things of like, oh, us adults should be doing more. You know, how adults talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do think there are Gundam series, maybe not build series, but there are Gundam series aimed at older audiences. Like uh, Thunderbolt comes to mind. Yeah, that's true. Only Universal Century stuff aimed at the old fans. And maybe, maybe one day we'll get this Gundam Seed Destiny movie they're never making. (laughs) Okay, J. Albert asks, what suits would you guys build to pilot and how would you customize them to win the world tournament? So I give a lot of thought to this and I I don't... (laughs) You too? (laughs) I don't know that it would win the tournament, but the suit I most want to customize is actually the Maxter. And I want to lean more heavily into the football silhouette, and I want to give it a Stetson, and I want to give it a Winchester as a beam rifle and take away one of the Magnums. Um. <laughs> I, I've given this a little bit of thought, too. I'd probably take the Strike Freedom, give it the Scythe and the uh, Cloak from the Death Scythe for the cloaking ability, and give it the, Z- uh, not the Zero System, the uh, Dynamis's Bits and its uh, Particle System, which I cannot think of the name of. What What is the... Overcharge? Uh, Transam? Tra- yeah, the Transam system. Um, Stay way the fuck over there away from me. <laughs> um, the, the other thing I could see is, like, the Astray No Name is honestly kind of the suit that, like, I, I think if you're looking for, like, optimal performance and just, like, building stuff up over time, it's that. I've been thinking about that since they talked about theirs. I think I want the Freedom Gundam's backpack for sure. The arms of the unicorn with its, like, Wolverine claw beam sabers that come out. And also the shield funnels of the unicorn and that beam gatling gun it's got. Um, I was uh, just like, I'm limiting myself to three. On, on the other hand, also sword funnels. Like, if I can just toss some sword funnels on things. Yeah, like the double O'Quant sword funnels, I almost went in there, but I think that's too much. I'm trying to think of what I want on the legs, because I feel like maybe the Aegis's legs, but that doesn't seem quite what I want. But I want some kick power. And I'm not yep. sure what legs that is. Yeah, and the, and the Aegis is the obvious choice because it's got the, like, toe sabers. Yeah, that's, like, the right flavor, but it's not quite what I want. I'll probably think of something on the way home and be like, that, that, those legs. At, at the end of the day, um, I think the thing that appeals to me, like, again, I don't know that the suit's winning, um, but, like, I love the original Gundam's ridiculous arsenal of just, like, buy all of our playsets and toys. Here's a mace, here's a javelin, here's a bazooka. Just do everything possible with it. Uh, Zeonj2000 follows up with, what would you name these suits? I was going to call mine the Gundam Maverick, the Maxter <laughs> uh, reskin. 
I honestly didn't really have like and I didn't think of a name because names are hard. I'd probably just give it a homage to the one of the Battletech designs I've come up with and just call it Bloodbath. Uh, mine's clearly the Alicorn Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> Friendship is magic. Beam sabers are magic. Uh, new type new of types are magic. magic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Rowdy Yobo asks, what percentage of Gumpla is consumed by kids versus adults? How would you handle it when writing the build uh, series media? I-, I don't know the demographics on that. I know it's way adult skewed because adults have money. That makes sense. Uh, um, yeah. Although it, it is also a matter of like how many of them are purchased for kids by adults. True. So that's a very weird situation. We don't have the numbers, but I would probably agree with Jeremy that the vast majority of it is consumed by adults because they have money. Although kids have time. And I would really like to handle it just like Build Fighters does. I think it's got a real good demographic uh, lineup. Yeah, like, obviously us, a bunch of 30-something guys doing a podcast, like Build Fighters pretty well, and it's obviously a show aimed at kids, but it's got enough going on that it's interesting. I mean, I'd also point out we're all huge nerds. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why I uh, tried to coffee out that a little bit of, like, (laughs) we run a Gundam podcast, right? So, (laughs) Like I said, though, I think this one is, like, so much better done than it has to be, right? Uh, Gawain512 asks, if you could redesign a protagonist's mobile suit, what would you do differently? I'm actually not really sure if, I mean, if we're just talking build fighters, yeah, actually, I, now that I think about it, I'm not sure I would change any of these. There is one that I can distinctly think of what I would change on it because I really dislike its design. But with these ones, no, like the build strike is bland. It is basic, but that's also kind of the point because it also acts as like kind of the comparison point for everything else in this series. I interpreted that question as, like, a Gundam protagonist as opposed to one of the show's protagonists. And the answer is the Wing Gundam, but we got that in this show, <laughs> so. I actually kind of like the basic Wing Gundam's, like, overall silhouette and design. I'm not a fan of tra- the transformation part of it. But other than that, like, I think the Wing's design is fine. I think it's all right. It's got the best color scheme by far for me of all the original Wing Gundams. Last, J.L. Burt says, not really a question, but thanks. I've had five surgeries this year. That's rough, buddy. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Sorry to hear that. I hope you're doing better. And bidging old episodes helped me keep my sanity. Uh, I think Build Fighters is better than Seed. Do you guys disagree? If yes. so, why? <laughs> I have to hard disagree with you there, my man. Uh, Seed does a lot more with a lot more characters. It has an overall theme to it that it actually has you know, takes for all of its characters. Yes, it has a huge cast, but they all have this same, like, end point and theming through their stories that are all kind of going on at the same time. I wish you were here to defend your point, Jailbert, because you're not going to get any sympathizers here. But to take Devil's Advocate, I think it's really apples to oranges. We joked a number of times that Build Fighters is not a Gundam show because it's not about a shitty teenager learning to how be to... a good person. Yeah. And that is a joke, but it's also a little true. And Gundam Seed is my favorite anime, so there's no way I'm going to say I think uh, Build Fighters is better. But I have the equally hot take that Gundam Build Fighters is better than OHMS team. Uh, <laughs> so I can't criticize you for asking because it scratches such a different itch. And that's why I know the reasons I wanted to bring up the character economy, because that's a place where they're very similar and a very similar quality. And oh no, I was thinking about this question for the same reason. And I, I think I agree that they're fundamentally just different shows. And like for their genres, I think they're both very good. The genre being like dumb fight anime, I guess. 
I Sh- mean, shonen fight anime is what Build Fighters is. I would kind of love to see somebody take kind of what they introduced here because we constantly compared it to an as an esport and just make an esport anime like kind of like, like really a, lean into like it. a professional esports type anime situation. Like I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Kill Blue is kind of that. Um, the problem is that it's the esport is them training to actually go fight aliens, and that's all explicit. But they are in like doing actual combat simulations like an esport like they have entry fraggers and rolls and stuff and they have skill trees in the <laughs> yeah, uh, so that I mean, might be what you want no I, I i think i i explicitly just want a story like what we got here that focuses on two like different counter-strike teams for like just to pull a name out of a hat but i would definitely agree with these guys they're just so different from one another and it really would depend on what mood I'm in. Like, if I want a serious story, which unfortunately is a lot of the time I want a more serious story, then I'm going to prefer Seed. But if I want, like, dumb fun, um, it's Build Fighters all the way. Like, it's a fun show. I mean, if so. those are the only two options I have, I'm probably going with you on the Build Fighters part. But if I'm looking for dumb fun, I'm usually looking for really dumb fun. Yeah. That one's more bouncing. <laughs> I didn't say what was bouncing, you assumed. <laughs> I know I did, and I was about to defend myself, but then I'm like, I kind of can't. Horror bays. Um, I mean, have you seen my collection, Jeremy? Yes, I have. <laughs> and, uh, which collection are you referring to? Because yes, I have. <laughs> uh, thank you for asking questions, everybody. Tyler, do you have a high point of Gundam Build Fighters? Um, it's a time that Reiji shone in so hard he broke his girlfriend out of a mind trance. <laughs> And then she yelled at him, and then they punched each other real good in a field, and it exploded. <laughs> and uh, You forgot the part where yeah. she jumps back and forth taunting him. Yes, also that. <laughs> you forgot the part where Ricardo Fellini says, Hey, don't look at me. I told him to have fun with the battle, not flirt his way through it. <laughs> uh, Zach, you, you have been denied the best part of Gundam Build Fighters. So what is I your think I might point? have to take one of number two or number three in that case. I think I might have to go with the very end of the series. Where it's the fight between Yuki and, uh, say, where Reiji hands off the controls and is very visibly as happy or more happy for, say, going up against Yuki as he would would have been on his own. Well, and also, I think Reiji disappearing, Isla disappearing with, uh, like, it's it's a good ending. Okay, I'm gonna go with that Zaku amazing fight. That was yep. my. That was the other. Tw- I'm like, is that which one am I gonna go with? So I'm like, I have to go with the overall ending. Uh, what hands down one of the best animated fights in all of Gundam. It's amazing, like how much they went into that one. The fingers are gripping into the. Gun. I think of oh. that almost daily since watching it. <laughs> like, man, you guys didn't have to go so hard on this fight. It's freaking amazing for a, especially a fight that means functionally nothing. I, and I, I do think we discussed, like, maybe that was supposed to be the end of the show at one point, or, like, that was the end of the pilot that they pitched or something. And, like, I don't know, it's good. It's real good. Tyler, do you have a low point of Gundam Build Fighters? Come back to me. I have a couple candidates, and I'm trying to sift through them. Uh, Zach, I think I'm going to narrow it down a little bit because I have a very defined low point. But honestly, the race episode, because that is just it feels like filler the introduction of codename c and then the manufactured drama of oh no they almost caught up but they didn't that whole thing feels very contrived and very much like this is a waste of time that you could use to do something more interesting 
I can't believe you left the popped collar to me. But remember that time a guy with a popped collar showed up and was like, Yuki, we have a rivalry and oh, a backstory. I totally, I, you know, I know we spent a lot of time talking about him earlier on in the episode. I completely freaking forgot he existed already. <laughs> and, and that's the reason why Gundam Bill Fighters is good. It's because when parts are bad, you just forget about them. <laughs> you just forget they happened. My low point is actually, it, it's not actually the worst part of the series, but it's to me the most disappointing. No, it? Jeremy already took that one. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the final fight with Yuki, um, while he's being mind controlled out of nowhere, and like it, it just removes all the tension, and it's just it, kind it, of a boring fight. How, how is it you phrase it, Jeremy? It gives him protection? Yeah. Well, I, it gives him that wrestling protection, right? Of, oh, I didn't really lose Mashida a lot. And I think in a slightly better series where it's explicitly them fighting Mashida through Yuki, you can get a lot of that back, and then you get the Yuki fight in the end, but... Yep. There are some tweaks I would make to this show, but it's it's a pretty good show. So. This show is very good. Obviously, there's some, like you said, some problems, but no show is perfect. I've watched a lot. None of them are perfect. I like a lot of them. I like a lot of bad shows, too. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I have a collection of mostly bad. <laughs> Demon Slayer is just about perfect, except sometimes Nezuko isn't in the arc, so I guess it's not perfect. <laughs> Do we want to talk about MVPs for the series, or do we want to guess who the uh, who our mathematical MVP is first? I think so. Do we do we want to give like a who we think it is? But I think you know since we already we have a math to do it, I think we should just who do you think it is, Tyler? Who who do I think it is? I think it's Isla. I think it's Ragey. Oh yeah, no, it's probably Ragey. You're right. No, I changed my answer. It's Ragey. In number three. With eight votes, we have a Riccardo Fellini, the Italian dandy. Yeah, that makes sense. Well done, Ricardo. In second, with 11 votes, we have Isla Yurkiainen, best girl. In first place, with 14 votes, we have Say. Really? Wow. Reggie wasn't even in the top three. I, there was a very, very long time where Say, Reggie, China, Rinko, and Rawl were tied with five. And Isla was just like <laughs> climbing and climbing. And I'm like, oh man, these MVPs are going to be weird. But Say really pulled through in the end. Half of his vote, seven, came from Zach, if you will believe that. No, that actually makes a lot of sense. Because, like, Reiji does a lot to carry the show in the early part of it. And Say doesn't feel like he does a lot. But then in the second half of the series, Say really starts carrying episodes with being relatively mature for his age and figuring things out and just doing cool stuff. Not like front and center cool stuff like i punched that dude in the face did you see that but just like cool brain guy stuff which is awesome i, I think and i'm not just saying this because i coined the term and i'm i find it really funny still but i think that episode where i said that they're both becoming purple oni was kind of the turning point where say just started like being the best <laughs> yeah so. and it's really cool that the show recognizes that in the end too right with reiji basically telling him that reiji and yuki are tied for fourth with seven points we then have China, Rinko, and Rawl tied at five. I'm actually kind of surprised that Reiji ended up with fewer points than Fellini. Was that Tyler's doing? I feel like Tyler gave Fellini a lot of points. I also feel like I probably did too. Tyler so. gave Reiji one point. Zach, you and I both gave him three. Fellini got three points from each of you and two from me. So it's funny. So it's to partly my fault, but apparently you did not like Reiji very much. Which is weird because I did rate him as my favorite character in the show. So... We then got Mao with three votes. <laughs> How did that happen? Caroline with two votes. I think both <laughs> of those were Tyler. Say Caroline uh, had to be in the China Caroline episode. Both right? of those were me. Oh. <laughs> uh, then Suzaki, Kilala, 
the American color commentator. <laughs> Rego Logan. That must have been Tyler. Ulong <laughs> Dalala, Say's dad, Master Chinhan, the Renato brothers, Nils Nielsen, and Chairman Mishida are all tied with one. MVP apiece. So I know we've been calling them the Mario Brothers this entire time somewhat facetiously. I legitimately could not remember their name until you said it just now. Tyler, <laughs> I wasn't being facetious. I didn't know what it was either. So yeah, that's how MVPs broke down. Do we have any final thoughts on Gundam Build Fighters? This one is legitimately very good. Yeah, no, like if you got some time, go watch it. I it's, th- it's short. It's fun. It's also, it doesn't it usually flip on their YouTube channel for free? It's frequently on there, but it's also on Crunchyroll for free with ads if you want to watch it there. Um, I think it's worth a watch, honestly. I, I would recommend this to basically anyone who is tangentially interested in wow, cool robots. Bought it. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> I added it to my collection. All right. So that will do it for Gundam Build Fighters, uh, which means we are out of good Gundam shows to watch, guys. Um <laughs> Well, well, Zeta Gundam, Zeta Gundam's good, but it has ten asterisks on it. And if you have that many asterisks, are you actually good? Hey, Turn A is okay. Okay, you said good. I, I haven't seen Turn A. Like G Gundam is great, but is it good? Um, no, maybe? G, G Gundam is great, but G Gundam has has a lot of the same asterisks. Well, it's got different asterisks, but it's got a lot of asterisks, same, just same. like a. Uh, Zeta Gundam does. Same with Unicorn. Pretty good. It does have a villain named Full Frontal, though, and he does get defeated by being absorbed into an eternal force threesome with Lala, Shar, and Amaro. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for the end of Gundam Unicorn. Um, I mean, well, I've heard Iron-Blooded Orphans isn't bad. It's not bad. I'll agree with that. Um, it does definitely have sex in a Gundam off-screen. Some people, like, age... And I I'm think one of canonically them, and I'll nobody fix that does. When uh, we we do it for the podcast, which for Mercury seems like it's going to be good. I'm afraid it's going to break my heart, but only because I've been hurt before. If we took it as is, it would be good. But it's got at least four more episodes, probably like 29 more episodes. <laughs> and I know a while back we put up a poll as to what people wanted to hear us talk about, and, I think and then we age, ignored it. Age was well, wasn't age is up there. Build fighters and age were tied, if I remember Correct. right. Now we're ignoring it. But since there's no more good Gundam left, we just decided we'd embrace bad Gundam. So the next series we will be watching is Rikanista in G. Because I, I'm, I'm not throwing Zach under the bus, but in large part because he wanted to watch it. I also wanted to watch it, so I'm not throwing him entirely under the bus. Spoilers. I wanted to watch it because of how bad of a reputation this series has. Unfortunately, unlike basically the rest of the series that we've talked about, Unless you know where to find it off the back of an internet truck, the only way to watch this is to buy it, which I did, <laughs> because I'm a sucker and I like collecting things. <laughs> um, it's why I play so many gotcha games. I, I will say I've only watched one episode of Reconquista. Um, I don't know how the hell you're supposed to say it. It's not a real word in any no, language. No, but it's, they, he took it from Reconista, but okay. he put a G in it because oh. Gundam. Because, okay, I am so excited to watch this series, um, and maybe not for the reasons that anyone's expecting. So Weirdly, I, I there is at least one mobile suit in here that I actually really, really like. This is the first Gundam series by Gundam creator Yoshiyuki Tomino that we are watching. So that, Really? Yeah, we haven't watched one yet. Huh, I, I don't know why, I just kind of assumed that he was attached to it from... I, I assumed he was attached to Seed, at least. Nope. Also, this is the first Gundam series we are watching that none of us have seen before. And this might be exactly the wrong one to pick. For fun. <laughs> None of us have seen before. I mean, to be fair, I ain't fair. I mean, I'm vaguely a, a, like knowledgeable about it because it's in Super Robot Wars X. Going into this, though, I wanted to read some quotes about it. 
not to color the opinion of it too much. Tyler said like, oh, I might have to take notes and I don't know if if that's going to break down or not. And I don't want to uh, ruin his opinions too much. But we'll start with a quote by uh, Toshio Okada, a former Studio Gainax president who in 2014 at the time of Rikunista Inji's airing was a professor of anime at a college and also had a YouTube channel. Well, that sounds like a hell of a career. Uh, And this is a direct translation. If you've heard direct Japanese translations before, um, please understand. (laughs) (laughs) How is Gundam Rikunista? Gundam Rikunista is really bad. I was thinking, what are they doing? Compared to Parasite, which was fairly interesting, Tomino, how should I put this? He doesn't engage with anime fans. It's fine to make it for today's kids, but who does he think today's kids are? Who does he think the kids that watch Yokai Watch are? I don't know what's what. I watch a lot of anime, and I can't figure out what's going on. Ordinary people watch this show, and they don't know what's happening. But Tomio thinks it has to be like this. Tomio hasn't changed at all. Tomio, ugh. Dialogue won't work. Lecturing won't work. Nope. I'm not watching Gundam Rikunista. <laughs> uh, weirdly, I agree um, after one episode. so <laughs> I'd also like to read some escripts from a interview with Tomino after Rikunista and G was finished. Well, finished and in, in heavy quotes there. They did. Uh, OK, I've said before this got canceled. Uh, it, while its reputation is pretty bad, its ratings were actually quite good. It did air to completion. I do think there were production issues on the back end, but it was not technically canceled. Oh, I just always heard that it had been canceled. I think so I guess that's me, on me. I assumed. I think it's actually on me. Well, yeah, I'm the one that brought it up now, though, so. <laughs> if I was told that it wasn't understandable because I was bad, all I could say would be, I'm sorry. If I was going to grade <laughs> myself, I would give myself 15 points out of 100. Oh, dang. I oh, mean, dang. the man can own up to mistakes. That much is clear. Frankly, I didn't think it would be this horrible. Fundamentally, people don't respond to stories made with cold logic. If the logic is overpowering, it won't be a story you can be emotionally attached to. That's all. After episode 19, we improved so it became a little easier to watch. But gosh, it was too late. With a terrifying amount of effort, we managed to wrap everything up by episode 26. Wow. (laughs) With a terrifying amount of effort. Also, hard disagree. Purely logical stories can be interesting because people have conflicting motivations. I don't know what you're talking about, Tomino. I, I feel like a lot of the time, purely logical stories tend to come off as just weird because humans are not purely logical people. Well, that, that's uh, one of me and Kevin's mutually favorite fantasy series right now is like very like the characters explain all their motivations for like doing everything to each other and have rational conversations like they're mature adults. And it's like it's still really compelling because they have different things they want to accomplish. Um, and that puts them in conflict with each other. I don't know. It's just, it's well-written. And I feel like, I feel like Rekongisa is not gonna be. How how is that quote I've seen a couple of times from the, from one of the Fate series? You're correct, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't make you right. (laughs) So we will be back next week with episode one of Rekongisa NG, the mysterious mobile suit. This will be fun. It's got horns. (laughs) 